Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well amidst all the chaos in this world. I hope you're having a great day. Today I'm going to tell you a really cool story about how learning about the dirt collection of entrance mats ended up leading me to a path that saved me hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in my operation. Hi, this is Kurt Kinnear. I'm here to support leaders that know what it feels like to carry that heavy burden who care about their staff and want to make an impact in the organizations they're leading. My commitment to you as a current leader is to give you company and to bring you to a place of leading lightly. Believe it or not, this is something that uh, I experienced several years ago. I was, this was a couple years before I became the senior director of the faculty and was overseeing the Olympic Oval. I ended up walking around with the director of the Olympic Oval, who had a big time background in the maintenance, in maintenance and facility operations. We were walking around and I was like, if you, if you've ever been to the University of Calgary's Olympic Oval, there is a section where people can walk across it. There's also kind of a corridor underneath the speed skating track, the big long track, but people walk across that all the time. I was like, if you have the fastest ice in the world, which is, which is quite true, they're the right elevation. There's a whole bunch of things, um, that you have to learn to make the fastest ice. I, I end up talking to the, the ice man who also did the ice at a bunch of Olympics. He started talking about it. It was way over my head, but I learned a few tricks. Anyways, if, you have this ice and you have people walking on it. How can it stay fast when if you've ever been to Calgary in the winter, there is slush and I think they use like a, a juice. I think it's beet juice or something. They use a juice out on the sidewalks to make sure they don't get icy. <clears throat> and people are walking through that. Then they're walking into the Olympic Oval and then some of them are even walking onto the ice. How on earth do they keep their ice clean? <clears throat> so I wasn't actually even hunting for anything fancy. I was just asking because uh, if you've been listening to my podcast, podcast, you'll know I get quite curious about weird things. Anyways, so I'm asking these questions. I was like, how on earth do you keep your ice clean? Like these people aren't changing their shoes. They're walking on your ice. If you go outside, there's six inches of slush out there. How on earth are you able to do that? So he he told me something that I, I, I honestly didn't believe. He told me that um, something like a few feet of matting will reduce 40% or 20% or whatever of your soil. But if you can have people walk across enough matting before they get to the ice, you can remove almost 100% of the soil before they even get to the ice. And I was looking around and I was like, oh, there's mats everywhere. I didn't even notice. He said they have to be clean. They have to be professionally cleaned on a regular basis. But you need these entry mats to get rid of the muck by the time you get there. So me being uh, who I am, I ended up finding this article by the ISSA. I cannot find what ISSA stands for, but uh, their slogan is advancing, clean, driving innovation. So they're they're a big organization. I think they got, I think it says on their website, they got somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 
like 15,000 members. Like it's, it's a massive organization, uh, 15,000 organizations that are partnered with them. But they have this article that says, uh, I'm just going to read it. It's from uh, to a guide to preventative matting, your first line of defense. Controls floor care costs by preventing soil, moisture, and other contaminants from entering and being tracked through the building. Now, this is what this is what these mats do. ISSA states that entrance matting of at least six feet can remove 40% of your soil. And then 12 feet, you double that, and now you've doubled your percentage. With 12 feet of matting, clean matting, you remove 80% of your soil. And then it takes an awful lot more, but 36 feet of clean matting can remove 99% of the soil off of your shoes. This is crazy because what, what the Olympic Oval had done is it had matting all over the place, but you wouldn't notice it because you'd walk on some matting on the entrance. Then you walk on some more matting, another spot, and more matting, and more matting. By the time you got to the ice, your feet were super clean. I don't think you're allowed to rock. You're not supposed to walk on the ice with your shoes anyways, but there was no mud by the time you even got close, and there was tons of mud at at the entrance. So I I was thinking like, wow, this is in some bizarre way, this is a lesson I need to learn and apply to my organization. How can men entry mats solve a solution or solve a problem that I'm currently facing. And I kept thinking about it. I was like, well, how do you, how would you apply this lesson? Uh, so, so what would be the most, like, I don't need, well, we have entry mats. Um, there's a lot of gymnasiums uh, in active living and on the, in this faculty. So we had the entry mats and stuff, but I was thinking more of like, how could you use the analogy to work through your organizational challenges and all of those issues. What what I started to see was that I thought perhaps my my next highest traffic next to people walking in, like the facility has over a million people walking through it every every year, probably way less at this moment, but you know, over a million. Some of the like the fitness center would have up to 14,000 people a day go through it. That's a lot of traffic. But where's the other, the next highest traffic, non-foot traffic? It's the people trying to register for their programs. I just kept thinking about it. I was like, where is that traffic? Oh, it's people trying to register for a program. People trying to fill out waivers. People trying to add these, update their information. This little mat uh, lesson ended up making me look through my entire entry into uh, active living at that time. Uh, I don't even know if it was called, I named it active living yet, but anyways, that whole department. And if you, um, want to see what the result of this, what foot mats taught me or entry mats taught me, just go to active living. I went there recently. I haven't been leading that organization for two, three years or maybe four years now, but they use the exact same templates I created. They also still use the whole website that I led the team on um, to create. But what I started to do was say, well, what is the entry mat for everybody that tries to participate in active living? It was our website. So I, and then I thought, well, what's, what is dirt? And it's not talking about people um, being dirt. I'm, what I'm saying is, what is the dirt? 
And for me, I started to I started to think maybe the dirt is how many how our collar volume. Oh, and then I thought, oh, the easiest dirt I could measure was how many registrations were happening online versus how many were happening over the phone. Traditionally, lots of registrations are happening over the phone. So I pulled the statistics. Uh, I even I still have them because I found them fascinating. I'm I'm a bit of a data nerd sometimes. But I pulled the statistics and we were only taking 28% of our registrations online. Then I went through the the system. I looked at kind of where people go when they go to our website, looked at the tone of it, whether it was welcoming. And I actually think it made me realize that Campus Rec could not be the name of the organization anymore because it's it's too exclusive. It makes you think you have to be a student when uh, 80% of the participation or maybe 70 outside of the facilities was actually outside people registering. So uh, it was very much a business that was serving the health of the whole community and the university students. So um, I started looking at all these things and I was thinking, well, how do I collect as much dirt as possible. And what is this dirt? For me, the dirt was unnecessary, unneeded contact with people because people just couldn't do simple, basic things on the website. For me, that was the dirt. It led me to creating a whole new way to browse programs, whole new way. And I was leading an amazing team. I pulled an amazing team together. I said, here's what we want to do. We want to switch this. And the data after we launched this website, so we did some tests, we uh, we basically just kept pushing this vision forward. And again, if you want to go there, just go, my favorite part is the browse programs, go to active living and look at all of, we had 77 different activities and hundreds of different program offerings with well, actually thousands of different courses. So I had to figure out how to organize all that. And um, we went through the, all these systems and we created what I would say is the best entry map we could possibly do as our organization to collect as much dirt as possible. This was a ton of work and I invested quite a bit of money in it. I ended up taking a lot of flack from uh, other people in the community saying, you know, you are a $11 million a year operation, but why are you putting several hundred thousand dollars into this upgrade? And I was like, in my mind, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm, I'm trying to get rid of dirt. I'm trying to make less friction with my clients to get them to be able to use our service. But I couldn't really say that. So I was just like, well, you know, our website is the best way to improve our service and provide a better experience. Uh, and I, I, I didn't really want to say that it was all based on a lesson I learned about an entry mat. Anyways. Long story short is what happened in the in the long run is in, I think in five years, we switched from 28% online registration to over 80%. The best part was we never once forced people to sign up online. And my favorite moment of all of this was when I started at uh, in in leadership at the in that role, we were taking two to 300 registrations for summer camps on the first day. Um, and uh, there wasn't a big flow. We did a ton of work on the programs. We also did a ton of work on how to organize it so that our parents could understand it and put their kids in camps easy. Again, trying to get rid of dirt, which I, I'm saying dirt, but it's really friction with your client. We kept working those systems until it was flawless. We could fit all of our summer's camps for 11, 10,000 kids 
on a single page on a newspaper so a parent could sit there and uh, figure out what they wanted to do by just sliding, uh, looking on a simple chart. I remember creating that. It took me like three days. I just spent focused on it, focused on it, and finally it came out. But all of these systems led us to uh, taking uh, about 5,000 registrations on the first day. As soon as our registrations opened, we took 5,000 on the first day, which was more than the total registrations in the years before I started. Just think about that. Enormous change. And the best part of all of those registrations was I think over 85% of them were online, maybe 80. But a massive swing from the previous 20 20 to 30% online registration. And none of it was forced. Our, Our waivers, we still had printed waivers available. If people didn't want to use the online system, we weren't forcing anything, but we were testing our system because if we figured it out, people would naturally start to use it. And again, in my mind, the dirt would start to disappear. So think about that. And and as an organization, the size of this, because uh, we kind of have multiple front desks in that role, uh, the cost of that was significant. And it saved me several hundred thousand dollars in staff, which allowed me to reallocate those services to my front lines. Not not needing staff on the front desk, but paying staff better or bringing more staff in to serve my community better. So think about, and every time you see an entry mat, take this crazy train approach and think about how you set this up in your organization so that you can save time and focus your resources that you're going to save doing this properly on your front line to improve your experience. This will make your life easier. It might be a sizable investment, but it is absolutely worth it. If you have the right analogy in mind and you know exactly what you're trying to do and you have clear measurables for how to see how successful your work has been. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, remember to subscribe. If you know other leaders who could benefit from leading lightly, feel free to share. For more resources, visit our website at leadinglightly.com.